0: kind of put you into a map here. Can you guys see this map? In this map, you are where the blue dot is. You can probably see that blue dot? What is this big land mass right here?
1: Wakanda. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: uh, Wakanda. Or, or we could call it Africa. If you prefer. This, um, this body of water. Can anyone tell me what this body of water is here? That's the Mediterranean, excellent. That is the Mediterranean. So I'm going to zoom in there on the Mediterranean. That's the Med. Can anyone tell me what this body of water is right here? Nile? It's the red. So there's the Med, and there's the red. And if we zoomed in much closer, that's the dead. So the, the Med, dead, the red. That's kind of the idea. Now, if we were to go like this, again, this is Africa. So there's Egypt. This tiny little, and let me put things into perspective, this tiny little sliver the size of my finger now, is Israel, right there. Now, take a look, compare it, for instance, to the size of the UK. Can you see the UK right there? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm being super generous because I'm including all of Ireland at the moment. I, you know, That's going to make someone angry. But compare that to this little, uh, this body. Oh, no. oh that, that's just great. Get out. Stop. <laughs> there you go. And wow, did you get... Okay, let's go back to where in the world There we are. And we are at Turkey now. So, look at This is Israel. This is Lebanon. There is Syria. That would be Jordan. By the way, you're probably aware... As I say these, tell me whether or not these places hate Israel, just for what it's worth, since we're celebrating 70 years. This is Israel. Lebanon, on the north of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hate them. Okay, they hate Israel. What about Syria? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they hate them. And then Jordan, mm-hmm. yeah, they hate him. And then Egypt, mm-hmm. yeah, they hate him too. And then we go over here to Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. yeah, they hate him. And let's just add on to it. There's Iraq right here, yeah, they hate him. And then there's this area here that's Iran, yeah, same problem. And then we have up here, the area of Turkey. Yeah, Israel is surrounded. Uh, the most, you know you're in trouble when the most pleasant neighbor is the sea. Mm. now with that in mind I'd like you to consider the fact that this is what we've looked at so far in our epistles we've looked at we've looked at Rome obviously we've looked at Corinth which is right here that's in this isthmus we've looked at Galatia and Galatia is in the middle of Turkey then we're going to look at Ephesus today and that is going to be right over here it'll be on the well today it's actually six miles in five six miles in but it'll be here on the coast. Do you see the place that's called Izmir? Do you see that right there? Mm-hmm. Izmir is the new word, well, it's a, it's the evolved word from the word we get, Smyrna. Mm-hmm. Some of you are familiar with the letter in revelation to the church in Smyrna. It means, by the way, myr as Izmir means myrh. as well. So mm-hmm. What that's worth. So if you, so kind of putting things into perspective. So we go to Turkey, and if we go this way, we're zooming in now can you see the place that's called Kushadasi right there Mm -hmm. Kushadasi is on the coast 2000 years ago Kushadasi was actually not a city because it was it was water five miles in from Kushadasi can you see where these highways are here there is an area here that we'll be speaking about today that puts into perspective this whole area the west coast of Turkey was called in Paul's day Asia Minor. That kind of puts things into perspective, if you will. And obviously, compare that giant chunk of land to this sliver again that's down here that is roughly the size of Wales. That's all of Israel today. And until 1967, by the way, there were places that were less than seven miles wide, to give you an idea. Very little place. And yet, of course, the entire world seems to be looking at it. Now, <clears throat> the river is the Kester River. The Kester River, for what it's worth, is extremely mineral heavy. So it silts up. Do you know what silt is? That's, that's, that's basically the residue that's left. I mean, the easiest example, though it's a, kind of a rough one, is what you find in the bottom of your tea kettle with lime and so forth. That's the silt, the stuff that comes with water. Do you know that purest water is very thirsty? It gathers all of its stuff around it. That's why drinking distilled water could be a dangerous thing. It starts sucking all the vitamins and stuff out of your system. But, um, so when it goes down a river, I mean, when it goes down a stream, like in the mountains and so forth, it gathers, in many cases, really, really good things. Unless, of course, things like animals are going to the bathroom, which it also gathers, and you get in your system. But this Casey River was very silt-heavy. It had a lot of those minerals, and therefore, think about it, in the last 2,000 years, it has silted up five miles of land, For which now Kushadisi is built on. In other words, Ephesus was coastal, but Ephesus is now five miles inland due to the silt. To give you an idea how crazy that is. Can you imagine that? So it's not only protected by this river, which kind of gives it something everybody needs, especially 2,000 years ago, which is water, but it also is protected by a couple mountains, which its what's Caressis and Peon Mountains. Um, they basically protected on the northern side of it so that the place is actually kind of a natural enclave. It's a really nice thing. Now, <coughs> uh, the 13th, 14th centuries B.C., it was run by the Hittites at the time, and it was actually called Apathos, which probably doesn't mean much to you, but Apathos ultimately evolved into Ephesus. Ephesus. That's where the term comes from. But the reason that, uh, and I need to give you some background into it because it will really help us understand why the letter is written in regards regards to theme and and form as it is. Uh, It is a, um, let me say this, in the 5th century BC, there was proposal set of where the giant idol that was this huge building project was going to be made for this goddess Artemis. The god, the god, in essence, the goddess of pleasure, uh, in the day called Diana, <clears throat> um, and people put their bids in, kind of like you would the World Cup or the Olympics, if that makes sense. Knowing that it had to be a place that was relatively underdeveloped, because a whole city was going to be built around it, going to be built around this giant idol, which to this day is considered one of the seven wonders of the world. Does it so does No it doesn't but the base just the base of it does now I'm sure if you did a lot more digging you would find an awful lot more there but uh, I've been there on several occasions and I can tell you and I'll show you a little bit of those ruins here in a moment so you know this you are submitting plans for basically for you to have a pre-planned community does that make sense because it has <laughs> Thank you. Because it had an, a natural port in its day and it was silting, which means that at least it was a soft landing. As a result of that, it was a it was a prime candidate. And it was a port and it was a place where you could see the I'm going back to this for a moment again. Ultimately you have the mainland of places like you have Italy and Greece here which would be taking ships to this mainland area. It would dock here and then be able to carry it all the way into what we know as Asia today or carry it all the way down into what we would know it to be Africa. And so this was a hub for a commercial hub. Does that make sense? It was very important. So what happened is, or became one as a result of it. In other words, these are things you're pitching. If you put a big building progress uh, program in this thing, obviously you can really... This is going to connect you to all of the major things from north to south, east (coughs) to west. This is a strategically very great place. And, again, I remind you, it's protected by these two mountains. It's fortified by water by this river, so it's temperate as far as its, its climate. It seems like a pretty darn good place to make a city. And so they do. It wins the... But understand... The way that they say it won, here's the funny part about it. It is a committee met, they decided on it. But, but in the ultimate, what they said was, Diane chose this place. It was the chosen place for her to make her residence. And so with that in mind, they began this building project that took over 120 years. And it was a building, progress, building program for what it's worth, to give you an idea, that this gigantic thing was built that was seven and a half stories tall. One of the largest buildings of it today. And it took well over a century to build. That'll be key, by the way, in a lot of the texts that you see in the gods. So isn't this, this the idol that fell down from heaven and we're the guardians of the great... I'm like, wait a minute, this thing didn't fall down from heaven. You've been building it for over 100 years, you know. And by the way, if you actually have a god you have to guard, you've got the wrong one.
2: Mm.
3: Now,
0: with that in mind, <clears throat> it, and now so it was, in the simplest sense, it was the commercial capital of Asia Minor. I remind you the road of, of the Euphrates ends there. That would be in essence coming from the east all the way. and It would end there because obviously then you go into the water anyways. Uh, customs were a very, very big deal there, as you might imagine. And I remind you, remember how there was Italy and then Greece and then the next landmass, if you're heading over, is going to be that Turkey area. Therefore, understand how important this is. And again, this is going to play into our text. That if Shamar and Jaden had gone to Greece and they bought a few things, but they couldn't necessarily take them back. They could be shipped, but everyone had a signet ring, kind of like back in the medieval days here where you had it and you wore it as an amulet or as a ring. There would be that wax and you would seal it and it would arrive at the port of Ephesus. And it was the major commercial port for this. It was, in essence, the export and import capital. So as it showed up there, It basically either had a seal or it didn't have a seal. If it had a seal, it was owned. Then all that had to happen is Jaden or Shemar had to show up, show their signet, and everything that had that signet on it, that seal, belonged to them. Does that make sense? And they were able then to redeem that item. Is that fair? If it didn't have a seal on it, you know what happened to it? Not like today where we take it in another room and blow it up because we're afraid it might be terrorists. Well, what happened is the guys that worked the port tore that thing apart and claimed it for themselves. So you want to make sure that thing is sealed and sealed well. Fair enough? Now, with that in mind, it's a pre-planned community. And you'll find in this book a lot of things about being chosen, predestined, and so forth. Now, without building or jumping into that pool, it's important to note that at least as far as the people of Ephesus were concerned... They understood the idea of everything being pre-planned, being ordained and chosen, because their city, they were very proud of being the official city that was picked for this building project. Just the same way that we'd say we could be very proud of the fact that we hosted the Summer Olympics just a few years ago. Now, this little cutie, this Artemis Diana character, goddess of pleasure, so when you invent a girl... To try to make her the goddess of pleasure, what do you make her look like? Well, I can tell you, in my opinion, they made her look like a raspberry. So, (laughs) that's an idol of Artemis. You
3: know what I'm saying?
0: Now, I don't have to develop what those things are supposed to be. But let me just say (laughs) that, (laughs) let me just say that, that would definitely be a a very (laughs) custom-made upper support system. Let me just put it that way. And I don't know about you, but I find nothing attractive about that whatsoever. The fact that she has a broken nose, but uh, <laughs> but Hank, hey, you know, God's pleasure and so forth. Now, in that particular city, you can always tell the size of a of a city, by, especially a Roman city, by the kind of like if you've ever played Sim City, by the by the additions of certain things. You had a theater that grew to an amphitheater. From an amphitheater, you got a hippodrome, which is where "hippos" means horse, where you raised horses on it. And then you, with that, you grew other things. A university and a library always came with that. If you had a university and a town, it was, I mean, it's the sort of equivalent in SimCity of having an airport after your hospital, if that makes any sense. And so the idea of it was it was a relatively large place. So let me give you an idea of the two things that, that Ephesus was still known for. One of them is this building, and this is, the re- this is the ruins, the remains of Ephesus today. And this is the remains of the Ephesus Library which they called the Celsius Library. It is important to note, it had the second most amount of books or scrolls or parchments in the world in its day. Second only to that of Alexandria, where every book that was supposed to have been written had to be translated into Greek. From that we get the Septuagint, by the way, so we should be thankful. That's the Old Testament translated into Greek. And it also had a theater. This is the theater to give you an idea. Can you see that? The theater could hold over 24,000, 25,000 people. That tells you how big the city was. It was a big place. This is that Celsius library. And to put things into perspective, that's a person. You see that little fella right there? That's an average-sized person, but that's a very big building. Now, the only reason I'm saying that is you need to know that it was a place that they were very proud of their teaching, of their education. But it was a place uh, that obviously was was a big, comfortable city. Now, here's where I have to put all of this together in regards to what came part and parcel with Diana. A thing called the mystery cult. And this becomes the fundamental aspect of all of this. Uh, basically, what the traditional Greek mindset is there are two worlds. There is the world you can not see and the world you can see. It's a very Gnostic mindset. But in the same way, we would say there's heaven and earth. The people in Ephesus would call that the heavenly places, which we can still use to this day. And the idea of it is there is a heavenly realm, an unseen heavenly realm, and there is an earthly realm. The question is, how do you make the two meet? So there is this issue of a mystery, and the mystery revolves around that union. Does that make sense? So they had to take something that they thought was transcending, that was esoteric in some way, and say, well, what other transcending unions were there for which then, how do we bring heaven and earth and make them meet? How do we make two things meet as one? Does that make sense? Well, let me just say, to give you a hint, that the first thing you came into the city and you met with was the welcome house, for which then nearly a thousand on-site, at work, temple prostitutes worked at every given moment to give you an idea of what you probably was the whole idea of the goddess of pleasure and the mystery cult. The whole idea of the mystery cult was that there was a heavenly realm and an earthly realm, and what they were teaching is the way that you brought the two together was through a physical union with a priestess, Or somebody that served at their temple and basically, if you had sex with them, heaven and earth met. So you can imagine, which sounds a lot like just about every love song back in the 70s, uh, for what it's worth. Now, as a result of that, you will find the term heavenly places five times in this book. Now, remember, that's a term they're very aware of. Interesting, what Paul mentions here is that it is a place of battle. Now, on your page that you've been given, what you'll find is that I'm going to challenge you to note what you get about the heavenly places in this book. Because it ends with the most familiar heavenly place text that many people like to quote where it talks about the battle that we face that we call the spiritual battle. Where we put on the full armor of God, if that sounds familiar, so that we can take our stand against the enemy in heavenly places. The question is, that is the fifth of those five mentions. What do we know about heavenly places before we get to that text? Is that fair? And <clears throat> we'll also see the word mystery mentioned six times. And I remind you, that was a big deal. How do heaven and earth, how does that union happen, that mystery? And we'll talk about that mystery. Does that make sense? So, this place existed for what it's worth until roughly 262 AD, when it was destroyed by the Goths. It had been uh, captured a handful of times like people like Alexander the Great which by the way they didn't even put up a fight against him for its worth the uh, Celsius Library by the way held 20,000 volumes and actually held as many people as the theater 25,000 people that's a big library mm.
3: uh,
0: it, is addre- it is the most addressed location in the New Testament in regards to letters being sent Ephesians obviously is written there 1 Timothy Timothy was an Ephesus and Revelation mentions it as one of the seven churches for what sort. Um, Paul had visited on his second and third missionary journeys. But to be honest, as much as I could develop a lot of that, it's, it's the one place he spent more time than anywhere else. He spent three years at that place. He had pastored the church in Antioch for a year. He spent three years here. And it was such a huge issue that even on Paul's way to getting arrested in Jerusalem, he actually meets 22 miles south of there in Miletus, where he actually meets with the elders... Of of Ephesus and he actually starts to give them exhortation because he says I know that savage wolves will come not sparing the flock and people will rise up from among you trying to draw out disciples after themselves so hey I warned you ahead of time you better be watchful this stuff is going to happen and he cried and they cried because they thought they'd never see him again Paul at the end of Paul's life Paul is arrested twice He's arrested and ultimately winds up in Rome at house arrest. That's at the end of the book of Acts, by the way. That's 60 to 62 AD. During those two years, Paul writes a handful of letters, affectionately known as the prison letters. This is the first of the prison letters as we know it, in in, in order of reading. So Paul's in prison roughly 60 to 62 AD, which means that Paul has had this church for over 10 years when he writes to it. Does that make sense? Now, I really don't want to do too much on that because I really want, ultimately, for us to get it from what we're getting. But mark on your sheets those places for mystery and those places specifically for heavenly places. Now, in the simplest sense, and I'm being very sort of cursory on this, and then we'll jump right into it, the book is very tidy. Six chapters. The first three chapters primarily focuses in on what God has done for you. And we'll talk about things like you were dead in your trespasses and sin; he made you alive. The classic example of those first three chapters. Chapters four through six, those last three chapters, is what God now wants to do through you. So it's actually kind of tidy in that sense. If you're the kind of like, I just feel like I'm growing in Christ, well, good to know. Get through those those first three chapters and understand that. So when you get to chapters four through six, you get the idea that this is what gets reconciled before we get into this. And what you'll find is you walk in light, you walk in love, you walk in life. All of that stuff is all part of it. It's like now that this is the case, be being filled with the Spirit. you know will say, this is how that plays out in the family situation. This is how a husband should act. This is how a wife should act. This is how a father should act. This is how a child should act. This is how an employee should act. This is how a boss should act. But those things happen after everything else has been established. This is what God's done for you, and now that he's done all of that for you, this is what he wants to do through you through that situation. Does that make sense? So remember this. It is a commercial capital. It is a pre-planned community. And it is the, the home of the mystery cult. If you know those things, this text kind of explodes all over you. At least it has for me. So are we Ready? That was a question, by the way. You guys didn't you know, give an answer. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Am I am ready. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do it, you guys. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus.
4: Grace to be grace be to you all and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ
1: blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual
0: blessing in the heavenly places in Christ okay, Stop. did you get that? this is our first heavenly places of the five did you notice that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: let me ask you what do we know and I challenge you to write it down because you're going to want to know this what is the first thing we know about the heavenly places according to this text?'t
4: it where priests... we'll take a look at the
0: text. Where every spiritual blessing. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing there. In the heavenly places. Did you notice that? In Christ. In Christ, you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places now prove me wrong isn't that what it says though Mm -hmm. but notice the, the caveat is in Christ in Christ you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places
5: is that like every spiritual blessing that's in the heavenly places we have
0: or that's where they're being held that's where you possess them and again you go well I don't really get that because part of it is, well, what in the world? How do I do stuff with it in the heavenly places? Right? How do I, is there like a heavenly places store? I can go and get my stuff? <laughs> well, I want to remind you, this is a sixth chapter book, and it's the first of our five heavenly places things. And again, gather the information, then let's look at it together. Does that make sense? Mm. Well, in other words, what you just got was an ankle bone, but you want to get the whole skeleton before you put the person together. Okay.
6: Verse mm-hmm. 4 just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love
5: having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus to himself mm-hmm. according to the good pleasure of his will
7: the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in
0: the world let me ask you what does it mean to be predestined or like is having predestined us to adoption what does that mean to be predestined Ooh, see, that's the problem. The word literally means to have a pre-plan. Mm-hmm. To plan ahead. In other words, having already had a plan ahead of time to adopt us as sons. Now, we use the word predestine, and if you're old King Jimmy, it's predestinate. But predestinate, the idea of it is that you already had a plan to get from here to this. I mean, to destin anything means ultimately... How do I get from here to Covent Garden? Well, you'll take the, you, know, you take the DLR to bank, and you take Bank to this, or whatever. But the p- bottom line is, you know your route to get there. That's your destination, is your destination's uh, Covent Garden, you know what your destination is, and you know the route to get there. And he already knew ahead of time. He already had the plan ahead of time of how to get us from A to B. What was B? Our adoption as uh, sons to Jesus Christ to himself. Does that make sense? We already had that plan ahead of time, which is, by the way, very well. Now, we can say, well, as a result of that, he already chose us, but the word, there's a different word for chose, and we see that actually in verse 4. He chose us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy with him. And that's why I'm just saying, I'm separating those two, because both words are being used. Mm-hmm. But obviously, in a pre-planned community, you get this, because Ephesus was chosen to be the, the site for this idol. You were chosen to be the site for the living God and adopted. I actually like ours better than theirs. Hmm. Verse six. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, verse seven. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of for sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made the balance towards us in all wisdom and
0: proven. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, remember that word mystery according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. That in
4: disp- dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him.
0: Do you guys see that whole mystery, how he's playing on that? How do the mystery of making heaven and earth meet? He's going, well, God's already had that mystery planned out. That's all part of this predestination thing. And how do what was he planning to do? He was planning to gather together one people. He wasn't just unifying heaven and earth. He was unifying people in unifying heaven and earth.
3: Hmm. Dispensation.
0: Like, do you remember? You means to dispense something? Mm-hmm. So dispensations out at the right time of handing out. People. Verse eleven. in him also
1: we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will
6: that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory
5: in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy
7: Spirit of promise Is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise
0: of the Lord. Do you get verses 13 and 14? Do you see what he's playing on there? You were sealed. Now, remember how we understood that was what that meant? That means it was owned. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Until the person could come and redeem it. Right? Mm -hmm. You too, the moment you said yes to Jesus, the difference is. Jaden and Shemar picked something out and bought it. They did the choosing. But according to these two verses, you did the choosing. You said yes to Jesus. You chose to put your trust in Jesus. And when you did, he sealed you. So that ultimately, there will be a day. So you're clearly owned. You clearly belong to him. And God's gift and calling is irrevocable. He's not going to change his mind about it. And you can. Show, one day you'll show up on the shore of heaven... God say that one's clearly mine. You can see that seal all over. Isn't that great news? And notice how he says at the end, So the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory." And I remind you, you've been redeemed, but you've been purchased through the blood price. Therefore, I also, after I have your faith in the Lord Jesus and
1: your love for me, the
0: saints, Do not cease to give thanks, mention to you my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and (coughs) revelation in the knowledge of him.
4: The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know that is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints.
1: And what is the exceeding greatness
6: of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrote in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places.
5: Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come.
0: Can okay, you hold on. Did you get the other heavenly places there? What does it tell us about this heavenly places?
1: there um, in Jesus' seat his right
0: So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. In the heavenly places, far above every principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. So Jesus is seated beside the Father <coughs> above everything else. Is that fair? In the heavenly places? That is important. So let's say what are the two things we know about the heavenly places so far? Excellent. So in Christ we have every spiritual blessing. Mm-hmm. What's the second one? Um, uh,
1: Jesus is he so I am God and i the
0: Yes. How's that for? Sounds like a pretty darn awesome place, doesn't it? I have every spiritual blessing there, and Jesus is large and in charge. Verse 22, look at what it says about it there.
1: And you he made alive that in trespasses.
0: And what you also, what you once walked, according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all had our
4: conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. <coughs> as
1: others. but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with,
6: his, with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved
5: and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus
0: obey oh, bam! Mm-hmm. okay yeah. wait a minute now put this together what's the first thing we know about the heavenly places
4: Okay. every
5: spiritual of blessing
0: right in Christ. Christ in Christ second thing we know about the heavenly places Jesus He's is his father above everything else above everything else what's the third thing we know about the heavenly places we're with him notice it doesn't say I'm actually sitting with Jesus where am I sitting in him, in him so if you're sitting in Jesus where are you seated in this whole perspective of things from what you understand about the second one of those things
5: God's right hand
0: you're sitting at God's right hand and what else
7: above everything else
0: above everything else else. how's that for a nice those are three things and we have five you're 60% of the way and already I'm like I'm liking this how about you
3: Mm -hmm.
0: We'll go to all five and then ask okay. away.
3: <laughs> 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 uh, first seven.
1: Who so is it? okay. That in
7: the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus.
1: For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that much of all soul is the gift of God.
0: For where is workmanship? created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before and that we should walk into them now do you get how this relates to an Ephesian but it gets even better to me because the word workmanship is the word poema which we get the word poem from it's the word we could easily translate masterpiece but for the sculptors who were ordained to make the idol that was in the center of town that hung the shadow on everything else they called it their greatest masterpiece god says let me tell you let me show you my greatest masterpiece you here's the best part it isn't the way you look it isn't your voice it says created in Christ Jesus for good works i sat with a group of performers dancers choreographers people that were super gifted and i said when you hear the word masterpiece Give me the first masterpiece that comes to your mind. Some said the Mona Lisa. One person said the Sistine Chapel. It was amazing, though. Every masterpiece that they came up with was a visual piece of art. Sculpted, perhaps. Painted, perhaps. But none of them were performance art.
5: Yeah, I would have thought.
0: But, yeah, especially for those people. Because that's what they do. So I says, let me ask. In your profession... In your area, tell me about a masterpiece and why. And they were like, the beauty of its execution, the passion of its execution, the completeness of its execution. I go, that's what this means. You are performance art. God's masterpiece is performance art, not visual art. People will see, but -hmm. it's performance art. That's the idea. Do you get that?
4: Therefore, remember that ye being in time... Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised, uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands.
0: You know what that tells us? Pause to deal with that group of people here. What book directly addressed that group? Galatians. Galatians. Dang it, they made their way all the way to Ephesus. But remember, Galatia was in the middle of Turkey, they made their way all the way west on this. He's like, now. That tells me there's two groups of people in the church. What would you expect those two groups to be? Kana. What's that? Kana. Kana? Oh, exactly. You would think, but because the circumcision is passed their way through, what two groups get left behind the the circumcision? Mm.
5: Circumcised and uncircumcised? Yes.
0: Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And apparently that seems to be a problem here. And he's like, one of the great mysteries is God unifying the two groups as one group. Remember, the whole mystery is the unification, And he did it through Christ. In other words, because we've both been redeemed by the same person. Mm. Then in time... I think it's my verse, right? Oh, go. Sorry, you go. Sorry, Bruno. Mm -hmm.
1: That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world.
6: But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the
0: blood of Christ. Now, reading these verses, which of the two groups does it seem was the heaviest in Ephesus? Jews? Or should they say circumcised or uncircumcised according to those two verses?
5: Uncircumcised.
0: Uncircumcised. They were predominantly Gentile. And yet, circumcision went through there anyways and left their whole residue. They left their silk.
7: Hmm. For
5: he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle
7: wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained containing ordinances. So as to create in himself one new man from the two thus making peace.
0: And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Okay now it's important to note that at the temple proper in Jerusalem There was a wall, there was the court of the Gentiles they were allowed to, and there was a wall that did not permit a Gentile to go beyond that place. Beyond that place, there were these warnings written in Greek, the the language everyone spoke, that said, if you, not being Jew, but being a Gentile, step past this place, you will be responsible for the death that is certainly gonna come upon you.
3: Mm.
0: It was a good deterrent, but it was, by the way, the reason Paul was arrested when he was in Jerusalem was because someone started a rumor that he had brought a Gentile past that wall that wall was called the wall of separation and he hadn't the guy's name was Trophimus by the way who was from Ephesus by the way so it makes sense it would be here and what he's saying is yeah in Jerusalem there's a wall that separates these two groups of people but when Jesus died for us that wall was taken away because we're all equal Jewish people do not have an inside track as a Christian we all do Sorry. for through him we both have access by one spirit to the father
4: now therefore we, ye are not <laughs> no more strangers and foreigners oh sorry I'm foreigners <laughs> but <laughs> fellow citizens with the saints and of the of the household of God
1: Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone.
0: The foundation, by the way, of that temple was a story tall and was about was wider than or it was wider than Trafalgar Square. Is this
5: the bad temple or the, the temple? bad
0: temple, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's a good question. Yeah. It actually had hundred and twenty seven this bad temple, the the one of Artemis, had hundred and twenty seven pillars that were all six stories tall. Give me an it's a big place
6: in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord
5: for this reason I Paul the You're tw- what? oh in whom you are also <laughs> being <laughs> built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit mhm. So. <laughs>
7: Reason, I the of for you,
0: which again reminds us Paul's imprisoning Christ.
1: If indeed you have heard of a dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me a mystery as I've briefly written already.
0: By which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. There's that term mystery again.
4: which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit.
1: That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the Passover.
6: Of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. What
0: united heaven and earth? Jesus did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The pro- the people who worked at Artemis Temple said that happened by the uniting of two people a temple prostitute and a human being. That says actually no, that happened because Jesus died on the cross, but what it did do is it did unite two people, but not the way you think. It united you and Gentile. Mm-hmm. Verse eight.
5: oh it's (laughs) me to me who am less than the least of all the saints this grace is given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable
7: riches of Christ and to make all see what what is (coughs) the fellowship of a mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God to create more things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that
1: now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and
0: powers in the heavenly basis. Here's a fun one. Guess what you just got here. heavenly mm-hmm. you la- basis. You got your four of, of five. What do we know about this one? So to move apart, the wisdom of God
1: would be to all the churches and the powers.
0: Yeah, that the church has a responsibility to declare this great union in the heavenly places. So this is what we have. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, above everything else in the heavenly places. I'm seated in Christ, next to the Father, above every other spiritual thing in the heavenly places. And it's my responsibility as part of the church to declare that union. Now let me just warn you with this. And I'm going to say this quickly, but I'm going to start on peppering the meat before I cook it. The spiritual battle you're going to face will be to try to get you off of that lap. Try to get you out of Christ. To try to get you to operate, to function, to think, to desire, to dream out of Christ. And the best thing you can do is stay right where you're at. And you know how I do that? When the enemy says, oh, he can do it through life. He can do it through temptation. Remember Adam, how he gave up his authority by, by temptation. He gave up her authority by temptation. So you know what we do? No. I'm unified in Christ. I'm staying right here. I'm standing right here does that make sense? that'll make sense here even more in the moment but that's the whole idea and you're like you know this is why it's so important by the way when he says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies and the enemy you know what he's going to say is you're missing something and God's not giving it to you so you need to go get it pull yourself now look at that doesn't mean you're ever out of Christ but you can be out of Christ in your mentality does it make sense? In your heart, you could be out of Christ. But the moment you do that, you lose your authority. You're still, I mean, and again, the whole idea is, Jesus, I just want to sit here with you and I'm blessed with everything I need right here. Everything I need, I have right here. But, I may not have everything I want right here. I will, until I start listening to the enemy and he starts opening the menu of what else is there is out there. God's like, if you don't have it, and I haven't given it, you shouldn't want it. Alright. So, yeah. So, I say, you know what? I'm unified with Christ. I'm unified with Christ, and I've got what I need.
5: Although, arguably, there are some things that are okay to want that you might not have.
0: Sure. But then, you know, well, sure, and you, you go from, but there's a difference between the fact that, you know, you want something and God's keeping you from having it. Yeah. And you're like, forget it. I'll just do it myself.
7: Yeah. Okay. And then you got
0: a bunch of Ishmaels or Hagars running around, and you're like, okay, we've got some problems here. Yeah. And that's the point of it. Okay. You know, he's not saying don't want anything. What he's saying is that if, you know, but if you delight yourself in the Lord, he's going to actually put desires in your heart, too. Mm. You know, I want all of London saved. Mm. I would love to see that. Mm. But it would be weird to think that what I really want to do is step off the lap of Christ to try to do something like that. That doesn't even make sense.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So as a result of that, check out what it, what it says. Mm-hmm. And this will pick up because obviously we're laying plans for the rest of the book to kind of roll out.
7: According to the eternal purpose, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, mm-hmm. In
1: whom we have boldness and access with confidence, Faith in Him. <laughs> Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulation which is your glory.
0: For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom
4: the whole family in heaven and earth is named,
0: that He would grant you,
1: according <coughs> to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through
6: his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love
5: may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and know
7: the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all things of God
1: After him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above <laughs> all that we ask or think into the power that works in us. Him, the hidden glory in the church by Christ Jesus
0: for all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love it. He's like ended the book halfway through it. <laughs> <laughs> I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you now I remind you now it comes from what God's done for you you were dead in your trespasses and sin he's sealed you with his Holy Spirit he's risen you up made you alive in him seated you in Christ that's what God's done for you which by the way you will get no better package anywhere offered to you from many it the that's right, exactly and he's like, Oh, to him be the glory, amen he's like, now that that's the case let me put some challenges out to you mm-hmm. and by the way it's kind of like, if you're just kind of like I'm just happy to be saved, chapter 3 ends your book So <laughs> now that you've accepted Christ now that you've been sealed and seated in Christ now that you're above all principalities, powers, might, dominion and anything that is named you know what would be really cool? since you've been raised up, you should get walking look what it says I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called.
4: With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing <laughs> one another
6: in love.
1: Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the
6: bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling.
5: One Lord, one faith, one
7: baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all
0: did you get a key word in there one body one spirit mm. one hope mm. one Lord one faith one baptism one God one Father we're all one and we serve one God
1: but to each one of us grace was given an according to the measure of Christ's faith therefore he said when he ascended on Christ he captivity taxes and gave gifts to men this is Psalm 68
0: now this he assembled. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He
4: that descended is the same also that ascended up far, above, far above all heavens, that he might fill all things.
1: And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and
0: teachers. I have to say this because this really hit me this last time reading through it, mm. I'm trying to read through it every day and chewing on it. He ascended on high, led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Well, what gifts did he give? Teachers. He gave pastors. He gave teachers. He gave evangelists. Ministry is a gift to me. To be a pastor was a gift Christ gave me. And then he gave me as a gift to whoever I get the privilege of pastoring. This right here is part of what the Lord's doing in your life, but also what he's doing in my life as a gift. That's one of the sweet parts about it. The question is, what are we supposed to be accomplishing? That's the next part of this. This is what it looks like to grow up in Jesus' though. Look at what it says. Sorry, what is it?
7: Says he left captivity, captive, What
0: does that mean? Is that, well, it's a beautiful poetic phrase. In other words, captivity or bondage now has been, oh, i say it this way, incarceration has been incarcerated. How's that? Wow. The, the, the bondage, he took all of your bondage, and he put it in bondage, he locked it away. Okay. he locked up what would have locked you up so what do we when he gave us we gave us these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, verse twelve, for what purpose,
6: for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ,
5: till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man.
7: To the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful craftiness.
1: but speaking the truth in love mm-hmm. may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ from mm-hmm. the whole body joining together by whatever every joint supplies the body,
0: according to the other body itself in the so it gives these people to equip saints for ministry to edify the body so that we grow up not being taught by any fancy talker that's out there, but rather speaking the truth in love. you with me so far on that mm-hmm. by the way I've learned is you grow you start by speaking the truth and then you learn how to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. and we all grow up into a unity under Christ is our head where every part does its share a mature body every member of the body is doing something mm-hmm. in Christ could you imagine that's what a mature church would look like where everyone's doing something by the way not because the pastor told you this is we need more kids in children's ministry or whatever but because you're so in love with the Lord and you're growing and you're equipped, you just love God and you love his people and you want to do something and you find yourself doing it. We're watching that happen around us and it is epic. Well, therefore, verse 17.
4: If I say, therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind,
1: Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart.
6: Who, being past <coughs> feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness.
5: But you have
7: not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus.
0: That you put off and that which grows, which grows mm. you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness a quick moment here boy you just have to wait every time <laughs> <laughs> this is probably what you did this morning I didn't watch any of you but I'm assuming this is what you did you just did it in a physical sense you got up this morning you remove the clothes that you slept in, you took a shower, and you put on clothes that were fitting for the day. This is because the clothes you no maybe <laughs> <laughs> well, on, just switched you know, Let's you know. just say the average <laughs> person. Maybe someone just rolled out of bed and he says, "I'm going to church." <laughs> oh my goodness! Here's the point. In in, in normal Western world, this kind of happens fairly regularly. <laughs> 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 yeah, secret. All right, but like he goes, this is what you should be doing spiritually every morning. You should, this is what you do is you put off the old man. That was the guy that was sleeping. Doesn't belong in the day. You renew the spirit of your mind. That's taking a shower in the Word. And then you put on the new man that looks like Jesus. And then once you're all dressed up, you need somewhere to go. But you need one more thing that you do. You should do if you're healthy every morning. Oh, actually, that's... <laughs> you know what's even scary is really not like only did you say, but then he looked at Shavar. I don't even <laughs> want to know what that means. But there's actually something else. You s-
5: breakfast. Yeah.
0: Yes, you've got to eat. Oh, because if you don't eat, you won't have energy. By the way, unless you've been in a really <laughs> filthy environment, chances are you may only shower once a day. Which, by the way, still too much of the Eastern world is extravagant. When we show up on tour in Russia, they would turn off the hot water. Oh, by the way, oops, the hot water doesn't work. Yeah, right. And we left. Oh, it's mistakenly, amazingly back on. Well, because, you know, those Americans, those Western people, those Brits, they take showers every day. We don't do that here. They don't, anyways, I won't go there. But but the idea of it is, is that unless you've been in a really filthy environment, chances are you only do it once a day. But you eat several times a day because you need to keep being fortified. Does that make sense? now look at consider that spiritually sometimes you're in a very filthy world there's the average world which is still filthy it's just not you're not as much in contact but then there's like just gross filthy on my way back from study last night i've got my guitar and i'm I'm not filling up anyone's seat because i'm trying to be cool and it's like it's not those rows of seats but they're kind of facing each other two seats in place and i'm just sort of standing by the door in those little cubby places and there's one there's four of them you know and I'm standing there there's a girl that gets up from her seat and I think she's just going to get up at the next stop she looks me straight in the face and then she starts going Wah! and I'm like oh the one of the four places there happens to be someone and you're just going to launch well by God's grace the guitar and I were both out of her way before she actually anything hit the ground and there were three stops left then I got off and she was still going for it over there and I'm like do you need any help she's like oh. you know and, the whole point of it is, at a moment like that, even though I wasn't even touched by it, I wanted to go home and take a shower. But think about how many times you're in the middle of something, and the conversation is like someone goes, Hey, did you hear that joke about... Because that's what it's like, right? Just spiritually. Oh, check out that. Oh, you know what I heard? And like in the end of it all, somebody's is just barfing nasty spiritual awfulness all over you. And God's like, you know, you might want to take a second shower today. We don't do that. You know what we do? We just walk around with it stinky and nasty and then we just do it on someone else. Versus, you know what, I need to get my head right again. Does that make sense? And that's like, Jesus, you're going to have to, you know, I need to put you back on because the old me, I'd grab the old me and put me back on in that moment. And sometimes that could just be someone being nasty to you or saying something stupid or, you know, this is stuff that people do because they're people and they're like us, so they're jerks. They're just not saved by grace. But. Every time you hear a study, I start with saying, "God, immerse me in Your Holy Spirit. God, has come upon me." It's not like it's a ritual. It's because it says literally, must to hear? Be being filled with the Holy Spirit." Literally, it's continue to be. I've heard someone ask, I think it was Spurgeon, "Why do you ask? Why do you keep saying that?" He goes, "Because I leak." Hmm. You know. And the bottom line is, you're gonna want to keep doing it because you need this spiritual fortification to continue to do the spiritual things. But kids, you imagine, from this point on. We might be somewhere. It'll probably. I'll be the one to remind, him, of course, because that's you know. And someone will do something horrible or nasty, and I'll be like, "Dude, I think it's time we need to go take a spiritual shower," which sounds really weird. So we better have this context. <laughs> I'm not saying we all need to jump in the same. What One of the things you know, you know, and it might be a good time to break out the word again. And, you know. Okay. So, with that in mind, verse 25. And yeah. we're almost done, now.
4: Therefore, putting away lying, speak every man true with his neighbour, for we are members one of another.
1: Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun
6: go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. Let Let him
5: Him who stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labour, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who he has need. Let
7: no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for? But what is good for necessary education that it might impart grace
1: to this here? And you do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, slander, and, and, and evil speaking
0: will fall away from you, the whole matter. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, <laughs> forgiving, loving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. <laughs>
3: And be sorry.
4: <laughs> And be kind one to another tenderhearted, tender hearted forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where it says, uh, verse
3: 30, do not do
7: No where it says, "Do not grieve," um, the Holy Spirit. Like the the ones before it and the ones after are more of like a an actual doing thing. What does it right. mean then? By how do we grieve? Well, the
0: last thing he said is, "You're malazuki." No. You can do one of two things. What's are interesting you is the thing he said before that is, "Stop, stop stealing." what is a thief? According to that verse, not a thief, not when he stops stealing, but when he starts giving. Do you see that? He's like. Don't just stop stealing, but stop stealing and start working with your hands so you have something to give someone. He goes, Now, don't let any corrupt word come out of your mouth. What is that? That's like stealing. You're stealing, you're stealing like purity and goodness out of somebody in that sense. But rather, something to give. So instead, well, what was it say? Pour out, says, But what is good and what is necessary for edification, that you may impart grace to your hearers. How would I grieve the Holy Spirit? By being over here doing this versus giving. A Christian shouldn't be somebody dumping on people and ripping off on them. These groups of people are supposed to be edifying one another. What's interesting is, and I love the word that's used here, because it's the same word, by the way, that Paul speaks of in 2 Corinthians 2 when he talks about people being grieved by what he had done, by the challenges he'd set to them, and about how they'd grieved him by some of their response. You can't grieve somebody. I say that you can't be grieved by someone you don't love. You can be irritated, you can be bothered, you could be hurt, you can be angered, but you can only be grieved by someone you love. And I love the fact that that's the word that he uses, because what that tells me is the Holy Spirit loves me. It doesn't say don't irritate the Holy Spirit. Don't anger or frustrate the Holy Spirit of God. So don't grieve him. You know how you grieve someone? You hurt your relationship with them. And that's the whole thing that's kind of all this. The wrath and bitterness and and anger and clamor, those things you embrace and it really interferes with the intimacy of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You grieve someone by your loss of relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like, I wouldn't want you to do that. The Holy Spirit sealed you you have a relationship with him don't grieve Him by embracing some of these other things you know what these things are the things that challenge you to get off the lap of Christ go embrace these things that oh, yes <laughs> and now this commercial break
5: <laughs> is that something to do with the unforgivable sin
0: blasphemy the Holy Spirit yeah. no that's, although I would imagine that would definitely grieve the Holy Spirit as well hmm but the idea of blasphemy in the Holy Spirit, interestingly enough, because it's clearly defined in Mark, is attributing the miracles of Jesus Christ to Satan. Okay. But if you believe that Satan was doing all of those miracles, you'll never come to Jesus as your Savior. So you won't be forgiven for any of yours. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's the power in it. So. Okay. Okay. Let's rip through these last two chapters and praise God.
4: Mm-hmm. Be, be therefore followers of God, as their children.
1: Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice for a sweet and loving
6: But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, covetousness let it not even be named among you as is sitting for the saints. You totally charmed Lois with that struggle. <laughs> of the
5: um, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, <laughs> nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks.
0: Well, if we actually embrace these couple verses, mm. we'd be, it would be amazing what that might do to our speech.
7: Hmm. Hmm. And, uh, for this you know, that no formicator, unseen person, or more covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ than God. Let
1: no one deceive you with empty words. But because of these
0: things, comes of the for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord walk is notice there's this walk, 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 walk in love, walk in light, remember in the beginning, walk worthy, walk as children of light
4: for the <coughs> for the fruit of the spirit is all is in all goodness and righteousness and truth.
1: Finding out what is acceptable in the Lord. To the Lord.
6: And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of <coughs> darkness, but rather expose them.
1: For it is
7: shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. For all things are exposed. For all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest
1: is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep; arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Which means
0: carefully by the way. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore be
4: ye not unwise, <laughs> but understanding what the will of the Lord is.
1: And do not be drunk with wine, and which is dissipation, Dis- yeah, dissipation. Mm-hmm. But be filled with the Spirit.
6: Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord.
5: Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name
7: of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting for one another in the fear of so.
1: God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he
0: is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so that the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ
4: also loved the church and gave himself for it.
1: <coughs> that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word.
6: That he might present her to himself a glorious church, having, sorry, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish.
5: So husbands ought to love their own wives
7: as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it for us the Lord for us
1: just as the Lord does the church we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones for this reason a man shall leave father and mother and be joined
0: to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the
4: church nevertheless let, let, let every one of you in particular, so loves his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence
6: her husband.
1: Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this
6: is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment of a promise.
5: That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth.
7: And fathers do not provoke your children to love, but bring them up in the training and
1: admonition of the Lord. One servant be obedient to those who are in the things of the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as the Christ. Not with I service as men's leaders, but one servant of Christ doing the will of God from the
0: heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing
4: that whatsoever whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be received of of the Lord, whether he be bond or free.
1: And you, martyrs, do the same things to them, giving up, threatening, knowing that your own martyr also is in heaven, and there is no
6: partiality with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might.
5: Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the
7: wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age.
0: Against spiritual, spiritual of wickedness in Well, we just found our fifth time, didn't we? What do we learn in this one?
4: That we have power over principalities.
0: Well, in this one, we wrestle against them. Yeah, yeah. We wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. What do we also know about all those things?
3: We're
0: over them. We're over them. How are you wrestling against something that's underneath you? Pin
3: them
0: down. Yeah, you either pin them down or you get off of where you are. Notice what it is that we need to be able to do. In verse 11, what's the thing we need to do? Put the whole arm of God. Yeah, so that we can do what? What's the accomplishment?
5: Stand against Stand.
0: The word. Stand is the word. I'm going to give you a word you may just actually remember. The word is histamine. Antihistamine. Yes, because do you know what an antihistamine is? First of all, you know what anti means, right? Mm-hmm. It means against. You know what an antihistamine is? Mm-hmm. It takes a stand against your standing snot. Mm-hmm. It goes against what's standing in your head. Does that make sense? It helps get it out. Mm-hmm. Send it out. It's against the stand that your mucus is taking in your head. This to me means stand. In other words, it means don't move. If you put on the full armor of God, you know what the accomplishment will be? Don't move. The question is, where are you that you're not supposed to move? In Christ. In, Christ. in the heavenly places, beside the Father, above every principality, power, might, and dominion in everything that is named. Like, no, go chase after that thing that you know God doesn't want you to. Does that make sense? Did you realize that's what the spiritual battle was?
5: Why are the evil spirits in the heavenly places?
0: Though? Because it's just a realm outside of ours. Oh,
7: okay.
0: It's not heaven. Heaven and heavenly places are two different places. okay. Okay. So, which is a good question. Mm. I might ju- we might just say it is it's a place we can't see. Okay. But again, the Ephesian understood that much. What's that? Sorry. Oh, is it your turn? Is it?
3: turn with me. You you
0: go ahead. And then cause will be next, and we're all ready. We're we're right at the end of this, by the way. We're in our last handful of verses. But this is notice by the way, be sensitive to the word stand and see if he tries to reinforce that point. Look at verse thirteen, right? That's where we are.
7: Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having...
0: Okay, let's do this. I'm going to have you read that verse. Every time you hear the word stand, just say it afterwards. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. you stand? Say, stand. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Verse 13, one more time.
7: Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand... Stand! The ...in the evil day and having done it all to stand... Stand! <laughs> stand there. Stand!
1: stand. There. stand. <laughs> <laughs> ...having better your ways in truth and become the best of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace.
0: And above all, taking on the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one.
4: <laughs> and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the, of the spirit, which is the word of God.
1: Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this, and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay, our
0: last kind of point here, and then we'll get <coughs> to our last few verses. What's the victory in this battle? What do you have to do? Stand. Yeah, did you get that? You kinda got it. It was a few times in this, right? What's the victory in this battle? Stand. Stand. What does that mean? Stay. Mm. Did you get that? So, your helmet. That's what you're thinking. Mm. That's what needs to protect your thinking. What should you be thinking according to this?
3: What's salvation. I'm
0: saved. By the way, you do know Soto, the word for salvation also means being whole. I'm complete. Mm you with me so far? How about the breastplate that guards your heart?
3: Righteousness.
0: Righteousness. What does that mean? I'm right with God. That protects your feelings. Mm. Because Sometimes I don't feel right with God. Now I'm not talking about you're sinning and mean, you shouldn't feel right at the moment. The enemy's like, oh, you need to do more, think more, say more. But God's not telling you at the moment. How about your feet? Where you go? What are you supposed to be doing? What are your feet prepared for? Gospel of peace. Because, by the way, what I want is I want other people to know what I have. And I want them to have it too. But then we get a couple other things, don't we? The sword and the shield. What is the sword? The word of God. And what is the shield? Faith. Yes, that's what blocks things. What blocks things? My trust in Christ. Now the question is, which one's bigger, the sword or the shield?
1: Mm -hmm. The the sword.
0: See? That's a good question, right?
5: The shield is above all.
0: Right, because, okay, so here's the question. I mean, on one side, you have a little shield and a big sword. Mm-hmm. In which case, you wave that sword indiscriminately. Whah, whah, just, I hope you run into it. Mm-hmm. On the other side, that you have a little, you have a greater shield, and you have a smaller, because we're going to say, no, if you have a small sword, it's a defensive weapon. Mm-hmm. If you have a big sword, it's an offensive weapon. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the question is, which one is it? Well... And you know what? Let me just show you. Yeah, but it's actually... Did you see? Can you see that? Oh, it's
1: tiny. Put it in the right place.
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, do you know <laughs> who took this? I did. Do you know where it was taken?
1: Right.
0: Ephesus. This was taken on a wall in Ephesus. You can't get more accurate. Let me give you two more just to give you an idea. Take a look at that one. What's bigger, the sword or the shield? shield the shield. shield. There are two different kinds of swords, a rumpa and a Machairah. I have both, by the way, at my house. I try to get everything in Scripture because I want to be able to go, wow, what is this? how does this work? How does this work? No, I'm not running around. I'm going, ah! Is this? And then getting arrested. There's one more, just so you know. Here's the third one. Oh. Take a look at that little thing. And that thing. Now, The point is, your faith has to be big and encompassing. I'm going to trust God in this. 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 But when the enemy gets past that trust, you can't just quote a verse.
3: Mm. You want to
0: quote the right verse. You can't just go, Jesus, what? Jesus, what? Jesus, what? Jesus, what? And he's like, yeah, we all got that. You want to get to the point. And the idea is, people are like, you just quote a verse. It's like, wave that thing around indiscriminately and hope the enemy runs into it. When the enemy gets past that trust, your trust in God, you want to make sure you get that good, hard, and right place. Does that make sense? Now, and again, what's the whole point of it? If you have victory, what's going to happen?
3: You're going to stand.
0: I am not moving from where I am. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do, is leave, because there is nothing more dangerous than a content Christian sitting in the lap of Christ. All right. Let's get to those last few verses, shall we? Isn't that just cool, though? I'm like, and I didn't even notice this, in fairness. It was my secretary's husband. He's like, hey, look at that. And I was like, how did I miss that? And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. This is so (laughs) Ephesians (laughs) 6. And of course, if you knew Sean, he's the guy that was that gigantic guy we baptized twice. You know, he's this big, big guy. I'm like trying to take pictures of this thing, and he's like, (laughs) I'm like, John, get out of the way. I've got all due respect, dude. It's about this. He's like, no, it's not it. and Then he's like, ah. I'm like, ah. I had like 50 pictures. Those were the three that actually made it. Anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, and again, remember the last thing is we're watchful to this, to the perseverance and supplication of all saints. Verse 19. <clears throat> and
4: for and for me, that the utterance may be given unto me, unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make my own the mystery of the gospel.
1: For which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought
6: But that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you.
5: Whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts.
0: So, I guess you know who actually delivered the letter.
7: You. Mm-hmm. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus
1: Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity.
0: Mm. Oh, Amen. This is an awesome book. So practical. The more you understand it, I'm like walking around Ephesus going, every step I take, I feel like I'm understanding this book.